Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. There are various forms of therapy for various situations, but counsellors internationally have noted an increase in demand for friendship therapy. As people remain single for longer, the position of friends in their life becomes more important. And as we'd say, couples therapy can need professional help. Leslie Shoemaker is a counselling psychologist and lecturer in TU Dublin. She has a view on this. Good afternoon, Leslie. I'm just going to say it. It's weird. I'm sorry. You're, as you're, you're a psychologist. That's the last thing you're supposed to say. That's like totally judgy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about judging. Everybody judges. There is no... Carl Rogers got it wrong when he said, don't be judgmental. As soon as your brain takes in information, it's kind of like, oh, it belongs in this category. Judgment. Yeah. Yeah. My judgment is it's weird. I mean, okay. Couples counseling, I get. There's usually a house... Sometimes pets will have some of these celebs who have divorces that involved, you know, divorce crease uh, as to who gets which pet on what day. I found kind of odd as well, but that's yeah. OK. There's kids, you know, there's all sorts of massive material possessions going on there and little human beings, friends. You've gone on a few holidays, shared a few drinks and, you know, a um, couple Saturday morning afternoons. I can't imagine a friend of mine coming to me going, hey, let's spend 75 euros a piece and go to couples counseling. Yeah. But it, it, for some people, though, their friendships are hugely important. They're, you know, you know this. Their friendships are good for one's mental health. If you don't have friends, it can be very damaging to your mental health. Oh, look, if you have bad friendships, that can be damaging to your hey, mental health. Hey, I am the epitome of this. I don't have family in this country. I came on a two-week holiday yeah. and never left. My friends are absolutely, you know, they're my family group. But have I ended friendships? Yeah. Friends ended friendships with me. Yeah, it's happened. We've grown apart. Different things, you know, arguments have ensued. Value systems haven't been shared. Um, You move on. Yeah. (laughs) Could you not just say exactly the same thing about a marriage? No, with a marriage, I think there's a lot more at stake. (laughs) Marriage, you're getting up publicly somewhere and declaring I'm with you for the rest of my life, whether it be humanist, a church or whatnot. As I said, you're usually sharing a house, a car, you know, bank accounts. There's usually a lot more at stake. Whereas with my friends, some great drunken nights, holidays, good laugh, uh, lots of sobs in between. But not enough to say, let's go spend money on therapy together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, from from it, the trend of it, or at least part of the trend seems to be that if they want to kind of split up uh, from their friends, that they want to go to counselling to kind of work out, everyone to work out their feelings about it. Look, a great alternative to ghosting. I think ghosting is quite cruel. So again, um, yeah, go for it. But I just, there's a part of me going... <sighs> What are we getting away from? I mean, therapy has purpose in place. I'm a big firm believer in it. But is this one of the things that we really need it for? I question. But hey, if people have that kind of money in their pocket and they want to spend it, who am I to judge? Go for it. Um, well, you just did, Leslie. Let's yeah, face it. Yeah, you yeah, totally judged them there. <laughs> but uh, but is, this, is, this, is this then symptomatic of something wider that we are so feckin' narcissistic that everything is pathologized, everything's uh, turned into something that needs professional help rather than, you know, I feel this and I'm going to act on it. I think there's an element of truth to that. Unfortunately, the research that's coming out showing with young people in particular, the narcissism rates are on the increase. And I, I blame the helicopter mammies and daddies who want their kids to be all things to all people. And as I keep saying, we all have edges. We need to embrace our edges. We need to work around our edges. Mm. Um, you know, little Johnny who 
didn't get a great leaving cert, cannot be a doctor for a good reason, you know? Yeah. Uh, and w- when you say we have to mind our edges, wh- what do you mean by that? You know, it, it's not everything needs to be pathologized. It's We can be selfish. That's grand. Does it have to be narcissistic? No. You know, every... Everything's on a spectrum. I, I hate how we keep saying we're a little bit OCD. No, you just like neatness. Mm. When you like order, you're not a little bit OCD. I'm depressed today. No, you're not depressed. You're a bit out of sorts. You're a bit blue. That's grand. There's nothing wrong with that. But this need to give everything a label. I, I Can't we go back to the old days where it was just sort of like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Yeah, I'm just in a bad mood. Are we Gen Z bashing here? Um, I don't think it's just them. I think it's a trend. I, I wonder if, you know, we have a bit too much money in our pockets and we're looking for reasons to spend it on things that make us feel better. And, and the reality is friendships end, couples end, families fall apart. God, look at the states at the moment. Um, these things happen. Do we need to always give it a label? No, sometimes just things happen. Yeah. Okay. But, but why why have we arrived then, do you think, at this juncture where everything is... Or it seems as if everything it needs to cultural be stuff. And again, I, I I think it's this need for certainty. It's if we give it a label, we know what we're talking about, and we're certain about that, and we know it fits into this category. And if it fits in this category, we know what to do. And let's embrace the shades of grey. Let's embrace that uncertainty and not knowing. Yeah, but 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 that also kind of implies that perhaps as a generation who who can't. That, you know, in as, as you've described it, you've had fights with friends and just fallen out with them or Absolutely. drifted apart. Them, and, but they can't handle any of those normal life events that they have to go running to somebody with some sort of qualification, whether it's a dubious one or not. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I spent a whole weekend <laughs> studying for this uh, that, that, uh, uh, that they need some sort of validation of that. Yeah, and I, I, it's something psychology is looking at at the moment. You know, what is it about this particular generation that they feel that they must have value in a company immediately? Uh, disproportionate ideas of what their job is going to be and what their salary is going to be. And again, for me, it comes back to, it's not even just parents, it's about education. You know, I always think of Meet the Fockers and, you know, Ben Stiller's holding up his ninth place ribbon and it's like, <laughs> how many were in the race? Nine. <clears throat> this need to validate everybody that you are are important you have you know you are a winner and it's like no sometimes we don't win sometimes things happen so what we're actually talking about is resilience we're talking about bounce back yeah and and maybe that is what this generation's missing and that's why they need to go to somebody external to discuss this and validate their feelings and have a friend break up uh, but like all all kids, should should you not just blame their parents for this i mean because i've seen it written that there was a whole generation of kind of I don't know if it's baby boomers or maybe one below that I get mixed up with the generations I but, do too but, but, but you know essentially they were brought up by parents who never validated them and so when they had kids they said right I'm going to validate the hell out of my kids I'm going to tell them they can do whatever they want but they went too far in that direction unfortunately we did and it's funny I remember I was out with a friend of mine who's a child therapist never get two therapists together yeah. <laughs> and, uh, is there like a therapist bar that you all hang out and do shots <laughs> well she She's working abroad now yeah. and I was actually visiting her when she was working in the UK uh, for a company and I remember we were out for a walk and there was this family and it was like every two minutes aren't you the best little boy aren't you a wonderful little boy and it was like oh my 
God, this child, that's all he's going to keep hearing is how wonderful he is. And as a result, you get this unrealistic idea of who you are, what you can do. And I think it's about like, I always use the example, I have dyslexia and I have the uh, math version as well, dyscalculia. And I would make spatial perception of me. We are not friends. I am the person who always has bruises on my legs. I'm always bumping into things. Okay. All right. Never go to archery classes with Absolutely. I am not the one. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the reasons, you know, I'm wary of driving in this country. Still don't have a car. But anyways, I would make a desperate engineer. Desperate. Mm. That's okay. You know, there are other callings in life. That's what I'm saying. It's like, let's just embrace who we are and what we what we can and can't do. And that's okay. There's okay. nothing wrong with it. Okay. Well, no, absolutely. Um, but uh, to try and kind of mitigate it for this generation, uh, uh, their parents kind of over-closeted them and told them that they could do yeah. whatever. Plus, also they've they're they've grown up in a digital world where every yeah. everything is built to make you anxious. Well, it's also everything's built to give you an answer instantaneously. Doctor Google and all those wonderful things. I have a friend who landed at the vet and said Doctor Google said her dog was going to die. She wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very definitive from Dr. Google. It was, it yeah. was. And that's the thing. We're, we as a society, look, we've just come out of, a, I know we're still at the tail end of it. We've just come out of a pandemic. And you want to talk about uncertainty. We had a virus out there that nobody knew how it was transmitted, what it could do to you. I mean, we've just been through two years of incredible uncertainty. And as human beings, we don't do well in uncertainty. So maybe this is one of the reasons why these people feel that they need to go speak to a professional to figure out their friendships and find some certainty in that because they're just, I think we've all been overwhelmed by, you know, how much unknown has been out there for two years as we all hid away in our homes. Yeah. Well, has that taken a toll? Well, has that taken a toll on a particular generation more than others, do you think? Um, the research is saying from the World Health Organization, women and young people are the two generations most impacted, as well as people with pre-existing health conditions. So the pre-existing health conditions, that I get that. My mom, for example, has rheumatoid arthritis, so the vaccines are not as effective for her. So mm. that, that's a great source of anxiety, not just for her, but for my sister and I. So I can get that. Um, for the young people, they've missed out on social milestones, all sorts of developmental milestones. We see it in the college where they're kind of looking at each other and it's like, how do we talk to each other? How do we do things? things together. Yeah. For women, I think a lot of it just anecdotally speaking, um women really picked up a lot of the work. The amount of my friends where the husbands were stashed away in a bedroom working and they were at the kitchen table trying to hold meetings while homeschooling kids. So I think that there was a disproportionate part of that burden um with women trying to keep in the show on the road and I think that was a big big takeaway for a lot of people. Um so the research, here's the other difficulty with the research though. Not everybody's looking at mental health globally. You know, um, the investment, we're looking at the physical aspects of COVID, but we're not looking at the psychological stuff as much. And I think we need to put equal weight on both. Yeah. You know, because we know long COVID, for example, there are psychological implications with that as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's getting uh, virtually no attention. And there are still people still stuck at home or scared to leave their house. Uh, yeah, their very much that, so. Uh, being kind of forgotten about. Uh, John in Dublin 7 says, and this is interesting because this becomes politicised. Uh, the uh, This friend's counselling is not extreme narcissism, but it is yet another good example of the snowflake generation. Uh, I thought snowflakes were a couple 
generation groups ago. So. Okay, I don't know, but I mean, this body means that they yeah, all no. think, feel they're special and blah, 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 and it wasn't like in our days. But but that, that kind of snowflake thing is kind of hurled, it tends to be hurled in across political divides as well. Yeah, and it's also, for me, when I hear about the snowflakes, it's not even just about being special, it's about being fragile. Yeah. You know, and, and again, it's that resilience, it's that bounce back. And I think that that's something we need to start working on. I know, like in the States, they've got um, education programs um, to help teach kids resilience because it can be taught. But then, you know, you get into that whole political debate. Um, whose responsibility is that? It's like sex ed. Is that the parents' you know job or is that the school's job? I don't know. I don't have any answers. Yeah. How do you teach resilience? Just kind of dump them in the forest someplace. <laughs> We'll be back in three days. <laughs> <laughs> so one version. Okay. I think that's yeah. Bear Grylls version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's starting to get people to start looking at what are your coping strategies. Um, like emotional intelligence is something that can be taught. So there are some schools. Um, I remember seeing kids with little hula hoops to learn boundaries about where you start and stop, working on communication skills, um, getting kids to start really networking with each other. Um, we know that social connections is part of um, resilience. There's a whole uh, variety of different things, but it, it is about getting people to start thinking about what is it you need to do to kind of nourish your soul and take care of yourself. Yeah. And to get on with other people and to be able to have disagreements with other people without it being the end of the world. Absolutely. I mean, my gosh, I come from a family of lawyers. You want opinionated family discussions. (laughs) And, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to get on with it. Yeah. Do they look down at you now that you're not a lawyer? Or how do they do it? I'm the normal one. You're the normal one, they think. Uh, Ronan says, I totally agree with the need to give everything a label, even the weather. Once upon a time, it was a bad day. Uh, now we have to give it a name and spend four days talking about the imminent arrival of Storm Garage or, or whatever. And the yellow alerts and red alerts. <laughs> uh, I know it sounds silly, says somebody else, but I actually understand the need for friends therapy. I'm single in my 40s and my friends are my most important relationship. So when if one of them is on the rocks, you really stress about it. So why not make it normal to have a session with a therapist to work through any issues? Otherwise, they can just be lost due to awkwardness or a lack of confrontation. It's so hard to make friends as adults, so losing one can be catastrophic. And that is so beautifully put. And that is the case. I mean, here I am. I'm a 54-year-old woman and my friends mean the world to me. Um, And I would dread losing any of them. But sometimes things happen. Sometimes life takes a toll. Sometimes people change. I mean, it's the same thing with divorce. Yeah. So... You know, and some divorce, some people end marriages um, or, or, you know, long term relationships without needing therapy. And look, if, if it's something that's going to work, go for it. You know, yes, I am. I've been judgmental. But again, <laughs> if that's what you need, go for it. Because I think there's a lot of value in learning. You know, there are going to be learnings for both of you in that situation. And if that's the headspace you're in, go for it. Yeah. The So, so is there kind of a discussion going on within... Uh, mental health professionals that maybe we in certain respects at least we have too much mental health or too much thinking about mental health I think we can do some navel gazing a little bit more than we need to and you know I I think sometimes what happens is we're so lost in our own thoughts we forget to live in the moment And, and I wonder what would happen if we started spending more time in, you know, in our own worlds, connecting with others and, and what's happening around us rather than lost in our own thoughts. I mean, John Kabat-Zinn, who'd be a big uh, name in uh, mindfulness, he reckons we spend 
I think the figure was in around 10% of our life in the present moment. We're either stuck in the past or in the future. Mm. And all the stuff that you miss when you're not connecting. It's one of the things I love being a therapist for an hour. You know, when I'm with someone, I'm really, really present and I feel it's really nice. Um, it's one thing I love about teaching as well. Yeah. Because I'm really there. I'm paying attention to everything around me. I'm not lost in my own thoughts. And look, we all need to get lost in our own thoughts sometimes. There's some great creativity in that. But if that's where you're spending all your time, I just, I wonder, what is it you're missing? Yeah. Who are you supposed to be if you're always lost in your thoughts? I tell you, a great way to teach resilience because uh, our washing machine broke down. <laughs> so I had to go to a laundrette. There is nothing more that you're sitting in a laundrette, especially the day it was yesterday, it was really grim and depressing oh, yeah. and, you're, and you're sitting in a room watching other people's underpants spin round and round. <laughs> That'll teach you resilience. Uh, they should do that with all the kids. Uh, Leslie, lovely to have you uh, in with us. Lovely to see you again. Been a while since, it's you know, been a while. like with all the, all the pandemic stuff. That was Leslie Shoemaker, their counselling psychologist and lecturer at TU Dublin. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.